0: City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd
1: Berry Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Berry Podcast. Sitting across from me, the world champion, Judah Friedlander. What's up, Mr. Berry? It's good to see you. 99 cents for that huge bottle of water. Mm-hmm. Holy, my lordy. Yeah, it's not even water. Judah's bringing, he's brought this huge bottle of water, which saves me having to give him a glass of water. Ninety nine cents for all
2: that. Yeah, well, there's two places in the East <laughs> Village that that sell them for ninety nine cents. Fourth Street and Second Avenue. Yeah, the one right by uh, Eastville. Uh huh. And then at Second uh, Avenue Ninth, they sell the big water jugs for ninety nine cents, or they sell the little ones for ninety nine cents.
1: See, we open right up with a little tourism tip if you're visiting New
2: yeah. York. Todd, I want to I want to commend you because you're you're. Uh, hosting this podcast, and you're you're doing all the uh, the DJing uh, techie stuff, too.
1: Yeah, we just had a minor glitch there. There might be an abrupt uh, little cut in there. But,
2: but I'm impressed. You know, most guys that do a podcast, they're, they're not doing the uh, work on the board like you are. Because they're smart. Just notice, on your desk, residual checks. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, well done, that's Todd That's, Perry. <laughs> that's yeah. I just got my mail. Got got his residual checks just laying on the desk, man. Using
1: a SAG residual check envelope envelope. As a coaster right now for my iced coffee. Yeah, that's very classy. That's how classy, show busy dude. I am. That's yeah, classic. So man. Just, no, that's
2: fine. I it's don't, just a few hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. it's Louis residuals. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw you. Really? Yeah. Let's hear it. It was at Boston Comedy Club. It was a place called the Boston Comedy Club in New yeah. York. Yeah. We had like a strong. big fro and what they would big call fro. probably like a mullet now, too. Yeah, I probably yeah. did. It was awesome. Yeah. And you were very funny. I remember you did a bit about the... Uh, the kid applying for a job at uh, McDonald's. Oh, my God. Yeah, a bit about McDonald's. Oh, my God. That's and, like uh, my first five minutes of material. Y- yeah, you'd be, you'd be like, uh, I applied for I applied for a job at McDonald's. Oh, my This makes me sound and the like guy a said, uh comedian. Uh, yeah, no, no. It was a funny joke. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you remember, is it on any of your albums or no? No, I, I actually did. <laughs> Dude, you should bring it back. I it's no, a I funny joke. My, ah, this is my first open mic ever. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, so, yeah, no, no, I remember you, you did. It was some joke about... Uh, applying for a job at McDonald's And then just like, you know, fucking around with them And, uh, and they ask you uh, You know, are you in school? And you're like, uh, no, I, uh, I Murdered my teacher And they're like, oh So so you can work days. Okay, cool. I thought that was a good joke. That was a good joke way back in the day. In
1: 1987. Yeah, that was
2: probably, I mean, that was probably like. it's crazy that I had that. I was probably late 80s, early 90s when I saw you.
1: That's true, because I did move up here like only a year after comedy. So I would still have that in my arsenal. Yeah. But I've gotten rid of that one. That's a
2: good joke, dude. I I would do it again. I think it's worthwhile.
1: I, uh, you know.
2: I'm gonna let it go, <laughs> just just because I want to be one of those guys. Well, I'm glad the fans are getting an insight into yeah, yeah. early Todd. Very sh- material, yeah. And then imagine it with with the the big the big curly hair and the uh, you know.
1: Yeah, uh, imagine
2: it. Just At the old Boston Comedy Club in New York City.
1: Yeah, that was a rough club or
2: a good club. It could It was, be, it it was, was bad- good and bad. Yeah, it was, and, it, and, and it was, it was often yeah. bad in a good way because it was that was literally the kind of crowd that. Um, Back then, comedy was in a uh, the opposite of whatever a, a boom is or a, a healthy business is. Mm-hmm. You know, often there would be you know six people in the crowd. I remember performing there. There was like one couple just making out the whole time. Uh, there was some other dude who's like passed out, and then there's a girl, and then there's a dog, and, th- and those are the only people in the crowd.
1: Yeah, that's one of those clubs. And the dog
2: where wasn't bad. The dog was good. <laughs> the dog, the dog, was dog had quite a laugh good. on him.
1: Yeah. No, that was one of those clubs that uh, everything. Everything that could possibly happen while you're on stage could happen. Yeah, either you'll, have, you'll get like a near standing ovation, crazy response. You'll get booed off the stage. If someone throws something at you, yeah. fights. I remember, yeah, guy blowing smoke in my face there.
2: Yeah, well, that, yeah, that was the other thing. What, what year did comedy clubs in New York stop with the cigarettes in the, in the audience?
1: It's kind of amazing now to think about it.
2: That yeah, because I mean, the first ten years I did comedy, I think probably from like eighty nine to ninety nine or whatever, there were cigarette smokes, and almost every comic had their own like stock line or someone else's stock line. About all the cigarette smoke that was blowing towards the stage, because from a distance you can, from the from the stage lights, you can see the smoke like all lit up, and it was sometimes it would just it would hang just right in front of your face, and you'd actually have to swat it out of your way.
1: Yeah, and it's also like, all right, your line smoking end. you think it should be in the front row? How about yeah. How about yeah. make the front nuts?
2: Yeah, right. no, that wasn't like even so afraid. It wasn't say even an, to anyone. That, yeah, like, it wasn't even an issue. Like people never even thought of it. And then when they passed that smoking law, people thought it was going to kill just not just comedy clubs but bars and, and everything and, and people know. used to you know that packing of the cigarettes that people oh yeah get. it's like yeah somebody You'd would hear do that. that
1: for like 10 you know 15 20 seconds yeah. you are like yeah just fucking whack away at that thing that probably isn't even doing anything to make your cigarettes better
2: right but just uh, do that and, here's and, the question though what's worse to do a show. what's worse though uh cigarette smoking in the crowds as a performer cigarette smoking in the crowd people packing their cigarettes or uh, cell phones?
1: Um, well, I remember the early days of cell phones. Yeah. Now, the problem with cell phones, I, I may have discussed this with other people on this uh, podcast, okay. but you know what? I don't
2: really... It's I, gotten to I, the I point where... I this for... It's gotten to the point where cell phones, it doesn't really even bother me that much anymore. The only thing I don't like is when people videotape me. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the fair. only thing I don't like. But the cell phones, it used to be, before texting became popular in the States, it was yeah. people
1: actually on the phone... Yeah, making ...in calls. front of you, yeah. just... Like front row in yeah the center I feel like uh yeah now there's texting I try to ignore it as much as possible
2: I I, I work up. it into my act I mean I, I have bits about people texting and if I see someone and they're like videotaping me I just I start talking to them i I quit what I'm doing I start talking to them really and yeah then then they usually stop or you know in a funny way I you know confront them on it you know or if I see someone texting because sometimes people are just like you know they're just you know, they don't even realize they're doing something wrong, you know. And then they get all think I'm going to get all mad, and then I don't. And then they're, like, they're confused.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. The other day I did a show, and Louis went on. This was in Brooklyn, and there was a guy I thought filming him. So uh-huh. I, I told the woman of producer producer, look over there, he's filming. And it, oh, looked, right. it really looked like a guy holding up a, an iPhone. Yeah. And then she walked near him, and she was, like, not saying anything. I'm like, why is she not doing anything? And then I walked close, and I realized it was his beer. Like, oh, okay. just, just, He was holding it in a weird way. Oh, okay. It really looked like a guy... Oh, that's weird. I've had that before because I've also had, like, reflections of someone's earrings or something. Right, right, right. They're filming me. That's a little light from a camera.
2: Even if they film me, I don't mind. Just, like, just don't post it up on YouTube because sometimes, you know, you're working on, you know, you you have stuff that you want to release on something, you know. But then there's me. I've never released anything, you know. Why haven't you released an album? You know, I think it's a mix of a few things.
1: Like, Leno never did it because he never wanted to he didn't want to burn the material.
2: Okay. Time. Yeah, no. I mean, I think there's always that fear of burning material, but it's like I don't really have that anymore, but I think for me it's it's a couple things. There's like you're getting into like OCD shit, you're getting into, you know, the finality of it, perfectionism, you know, it's like and then the just the like when you have to like listen edit and listen to your own voice, there's that like you just get sort of like like to me like I record every set, I never record over it. Uh I never label them, and I never listen to them. And I've been <laughs> I'm that the way. same way. Yeah, I've been the way since the beginning. You know, um, I think I've only missed probably, you know, maybe two or three sets. Have ever, you ever gone back or, and listened to? Them? Every once in a while, I do, and I'm trying to put an album together. And and you know, and I should do it more because it's you know, I'm I'm one of those guys where like I'm a mix of writing of coming up with material beforehand as well as on stage. You know, I think you're the same way. You yeah. come up. I'm sure there's a lot of things that. I mean, there's certainly things I've done in crowd work uh, that um, that, can be, that are made up on the spot that can later be turned into a bit. You know, and, and sometimes I do that. But if I listen to my sets, I'd probably be able to do that a lot more and come up with more bits. And then also if I listen to sets, I often, when I listen to a bit, it makes me, I can often think of more tags to add on to a bit. If I'm listening to it, so it can be good for writing, but I need to do it more. Yeah. What about a special? You haven't? Well, there's that I need to do too. But my my thing with specials is like I'm trying to figure out a way to. I want to do it my own, and I want to film it myself, and I'm trying to figure out a way to do it because I usually just don't like the way they look. I don't even know if people watch them. I guess some people do. And no, they do. They do. do they? Yeah. I think on Netflix they're quite popular, and in some countries DVDs. You know, like I think in Europe DVDs are big. I think DVDs are done in this country. It's all streaming, you know. Um, But uh, yeah, I think Netflix is where people watch comedy the most. But you know, so in albums, I know, like I like my recordings. The way I record, they, the I sound good. The audience is a little lower than it is, but because sometimes the problem when I was always doing recordings was if I'm killing and having the best set some of my words get drowned out by the audience and then you, you can't hear as much so the way i record it now is the audience is a little lower than it should be but you can hear everything i'm saying yeah, so. yeah. but if you
1: record an album and you planned the recording then you could have people set up a whole thing with mixing and all
2: that yeah i know but that comes to the other reason why i've never done one is i have horrible organization you know? really yeah i have a horrible organization uh like i work really hard but i'm not good at getting things done do
1: you have any examples funny examples
2: the, just like missing
1: well, a gig or something,
2: or oh, I, I'm le- I'm almost always late, or I am late almost That's all weird, the time. I would think of you as a reliable. No, I am reliable, but it's usually just like OCD shit, you know, trying to leave a place, and I just you know, or, or just poor planning. I, I I don't I don't realize oh I have to leave at this time to get there. I you know like I keep getting texted or I keep getting emails, and I'm just doing like you know business shit, and then before you know it, I'm 20 minutes late to a place. You know, so that shit happens all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have the reverse problem because I I will. I mean I'm a little better but I used to show off places hours before I was supposed to be there.
2: Yeah, and I don't like doing that. I like literally when I get to a comedy club, I like to get there like as they're saying my name to bring me on stage. I don't yeah, like it, to see Well, it
1: depends on the club.
2: Like if it's anything. a terrible club,
1: then you kind of want to do like Yeah, exactly that.
2: Yeah. And then do- Actually, if it's a terrible club, sometimes I might actually want to watch a little bit so I can try to figure out the room a little bit, you know. But I usually need about 30 seconds of listening to another comic in a room. Or even 15 seconds of listening to another comic in a room to get a vibe of if they're uh, comedy smart at all, you know, or if they suck or if they're good. It doesn't take me long at all. Now, you just went over to, you did a world tour. Not a world tour, world but, champion, but yeah. Did you call yeah. it the
1: world champion world tour?
2: No, I can't remember what I called it. But yeah, I always try to come up with like goofy names. that are basically making fun of what a tour, because it's not really a tour. It's really going on the road. Yeah. You know, a tour. You can call it a tour. Yeah, I know. You can call it a tour. Yeah, but uh yeah, no, I was just in uh, i was in London, Paris, Amsterdam, Tilburg, which is a small city. I've in, done Tilburg. In the uh, Netherlands. And uh, when I say Paris, uh, uh, Kilkenny Comedy Festival in Ireland. And then uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was good. Which were... Uh, Ireland all... was the best, easily. Really? Yeah.
1: I've had mixed... I mean, I've had great shows in Ireland, then I've had... Uh not great shows what what was wrong with the not great ones well I was in sort of like their version of a cheese ball comedy club one night okay and it was just that same sort of like drunks and uh but yeah then also there's been times where you know it depends like it was a festival where I was paired off with like a local hero each night Oh, okay, gotcha. you. So maybe it was that guy's audience, and that right, guy. right? 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 So sure. Were like, sure. They were sure. polite, but they were like, "We're really here to see this."
2: Guy. Right? Right? Yeah. No, that and that stuff happens. We'll sometime. get through you. Well, Kilkenny County Festival was great. Yeah, that I've was, done that one too. That was the best of best of the shows I did in Europe, easily. Uh, yeah, to me, Ireland it was my first time there. And it was, to me, they were kind of like the Philly of Europe, in like a good way. It's like they're. It's like like Philly is like. You know, it's right by New York, but New York's such a bigger city, so Philly's kind of like forgotten about. And you know, the Irish in general—I think they're a country who's just been like they've been picked on so much. And over the years, they've just—I think people have just developed a, a good sense of humor as like a self-defense mechanism. So I find everyone there to be like like pretty comedy smart. What about uh, you know Amsterdam? I performed in Rotterdam and Tilburg. Yeah, I didn't do Rotterdam. I'd love to. Uh, Amsterdam was good. Uh, I actually like Tilburg better. Um, and some of it's just the venue. I think the venue is a little more intimate at, uh, at Tilburg. But, um, yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, they're all fluent in English. But, you know, there are some subtleties that they of the language they don't quite pick up on as quickly. Yeah, I don't so, think they're big into sarcasm either, which
1: is yeah, what n- someone told me there.
2: Yeah, after I, 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 first of all, my act, I do... If I do an hour show, I probably have like two or three pop cultural references in my entire act. I, I try to make it so it's, you know, reference free, you know, yeah. that, so that anybody can get it. But but the pop cultural references I did were the ones that got the biggest laughs. Because in Europe, they all watch America. The one thing that America still makes, like... We don't make a lot of things anymore, but one thing we still make is entertainment. So in Europe, they, they know all our shows, they know you know our movies, our music. So so that stuff would get the biggest laughs. But yeah, certain subtleties like like I think the Netherlands—they even told me like they're known for being very blunt and stuff. And yeah, sometimes I think uh, yeah, I think sometimes you know some countries they, they don't get humor or sarcasm as much. You know, I remember this one uh, Japanese girl. I know, I remember she once told me when she first moved here, um, she had trouble understanding sarcasm, and she said because in her country they don't have it. And I was like, what? I'm like, you don't, there's no sarcasm? And she's like, no, it's not really in in the culture. You know, and then then I I learned it, and now I, I like it. And I'm like, wow. You know, so it's like. Uh, but yeah, later this summer I'm going to uh, Sweden and Finland, uh-huh. which I hear are great. I've done Sweden, and I hear the crowds are very good there. And partially is because that they also like really dark, twisted stuff. And I think some of that comes from just their society. You know, it's like it's, it's almost always cold there. You know, I think I think audiences, people that come from like nice places in general, have it like they're. Uh, they don't develop as much of a sense of humor as people that come from tougher places. You know, like, like I, you know, take a, a middle-class family from, uh, you know, San Diego, and then you take one from uh, Buffalo, I bet you the Buffalo person's going to have a better uh, sense of humor just because j- just living there with the cold and the elements, you, you know, you need to develop more of a sense of humor. It's, it's not as easy living, you yeah. know. What about uh... just like I think a, a janitor, a thirty-year-old janitor at an elementary school, in general, is going to have a better sense of humor than a nineteen-year-old Harvard student, right? Because he works. And he's he's wor- Yeah, he's been through a lot of shit, and you know, not just life experiences, but you know, they. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my theory. Not always, but often. What about London? How was that? London was good. Um, the. Uh, the vet. I got some shitty reviews in London. And then some of them were like a mix. where They were literally saying it was like half brilliant. Half the review was brilliant and half was just horrendous. Yeah, I read you know, a few of them. You know, or basically say, like some were saying, you know, brilliant material, but, you know, only good for uh, 20 minutes. And after that, it's repetitive and shitty. Because right, you were tra- you were doing a lot of crowd work and they yeah. were a little reserved there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's weird. It's like, you know, after those shows, it's like, like, um... Uh, you know, I did lots of photos with people, signed a lot of shit after every show, Twitter, a lot of people raving about it, and the reviews came back, and they were mostly like horrendous, you know, and stuff like that. It's like, it's a bummer, because just for business reasons, it's good to have good press, you Mm -hmm. know, that you can use it, but you know, you, you can't worry about it. But it's like, uh, at the place I was at, it was. You know, it was a theater, and it was a different room at the theater. It was one, you know, there was still a stage set from a yeah, play. Yeah, I did that room. But was, they also have a, a room that's probably better. Right, room. that's you told me downstairs yeah. is a better one. Yeah, this one still had like a production set of some kind of serious drama that was happened earlier in the night. So like that's in the background. So it wasn't like wasn't the ideal setup and the audience is a little distant and far away but the shows were fine it's just um they weren't like killing shows but but they were fine and they're you know and there were there were ups and downs there were moments where it was killing and there were moments where it wasn't killing and then i also noticed it's weird because i was in london last year and uh and i have this one joke uh i won't give away the whole thing but it's basically about a, a man with one arm uh shopping in a secondhand store and when I first did that in London last year, it wouldn't get like 20% of the crowd would laugh and 80% would. Uh, and usually that's a one that, I mean, it's a longer joke than that. I'm not doing the whole joke, but, but usually that's one that gets a, you know, it's a dark joke. And usually one that gets a, you know, gets a, it gets a big laugh, you know, uh, and it wasn't getting much there. And then uh, I asked some people, I thought, oh, maybe it's a language thing with us. I don't know. Do they say secondhand store in London? And then someone was saying uh, charity shop is what they say a little bit more. And then when I was back this year. Uh, charity shop for what? Charity uh, Instead of secondhand oh, store, okay. they use charity shop more. Yeah. So if I'm doing a joke about a man with one arm shop shopping in a secondhand store, they're not going to. If they say charity shop, they're not going to get it's that. It's going to take an extra. So, s- right. So a I just seconds. dropped the bit. But then this year I tried it again. And then I realized, oh, some people aren't laughing. And then I think I did it in Ireland. The, the joke kills. Uh, I did it in Scotland. It did really well. And then I'm thinking, uh, and then I asked some more people about it. And they do say secondhand. They don't say secondhand store. They say secondhand shop in, in England. Yeah, I so, thought that too. So, you, yeah. but, and then I realized that they, that joke was a little too on PC for them. That was the main thing. It wasn't that they didn't get it, which is what I, I thought a year ago. I thought it was a translation thing, but it was really, they just viewed me as an asshole for even saying something like that. They're weirdly squeamish over there about Yeah, that. so it's like, uh, and I was like, wow, because I don't like crowds that are squeamish. I like crowds that are... You know, I mean, I don't like comics that do, you know, when people are doing, you know, racist or bigoted stuff, but this was a joke, and there's more to the joke, and ultimately the joke's really about how dumb I am. It's not really yeah, making fun of it. It's not really it, making, it, fun, it's, of it's not not really making fun of a person with one arm. It's making fun of what, like, what an idiot I am, and, uh, and, I'm, and within the joke, I'm actually trying to help the person. But, uh,. But I was like, the fact that like people won't even be open-minded enough to go to a dark place. I don't like crowds like that because I like finding humor in dark places. You know, I mean that's to me that's more challenging than finding it in an easier, obvious place. Like I remember one time, some interview asked me, they're like, "Oh, you must uh, love the Kardashians," or uh, or like when there's a, a president who's no good or you know says dumb stuff, and because that makes your job easy. I'm, I'm like, I don't like going for the easy stuff. I like going for difficult stuff, you know. So in general, you know, I mean that's the stuff that makes me laugh. You know. Right. I don't I don't like, you know, if a comics do incarnation jokes in general, I'm I'm not listening. You know, I don't you know, you can pretty much predict where the jokes are going. Yeah, and there's so much of that on T V. Yeah, it's just it's it's gross. I don't know. Did you I don't know like the um,
1: when the critics were in the audience? Was it like well, I found
2: out yeah this was another dumb see you know you kinda learn as you yeah. go, you know? Like I was there doing shows Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, which is a weird run to do London. Just two but the, I was you know I was I was in Europe for like 2 weeks and those were the days I was available in London. So, you know, Tuesday's not a busy night in London as far as people going out and stuff. And that's the night they had all the critics come. And and there were I think they had another, like, couple friends from the theater who were there. So, like, pretty much the whole back section was probably all, like, critics and stuff. So it's like it wasn't – it's almost like doing an industry show, you know, where it's not – agents they're, are in the audience. Yeah, there's, like, you know, half the audience real and then half is, is agents and stuff. And it, that's never as good a crowd because it's almost like two separate audiences, you know. So, uh, so, yeah, so I found out that they were all coming there, um, I don't know, a couple hours before I, I did the show. And looking back, and then they asked me, "Is that okay?" And like looking back, I would have like, if I would have known there were critics coming, I would have had them come to a different show. It's and nice pr- to get one under your belt, so you get a feel for what's going right, on. Right, right, right. When you get, especially oh, when I was, made a few mistakes. Yeah, especially know, when you, you get so. to a new country, you can yeah. like tweak stuff. I it's like. A I think that's a one reason. Review because I did Amsterdam and then I did Tilburg in Netherlands, and my show in Tilburg was better, even though I was told from some comics that. You know Tilburg. It's not a big city like Amsterdam. They're not going to be as hip. It was actually better, and part of that is because I already did one show in on Amsterdam, so I was able to figure out some things. You know, it's which, also weird, just because we don't get reviewed here hardly at all. It's yeah, and, and so I'm not weird. against it. You know, yeah. I think it can be a good thing. Like a good review is not against. But um, it. yeah, one guy actually wrote a follow up review to his review. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was actually because uh, he writes for a paper, but then he also has his own blog, and then he was writing. Uh, uh, it was like Judah Friedlander, uh, good gig or bad crowd. So he was actually questioning. Oh, it's like got it's, it's philosophical about her, psychological. Yeah, so it's just kind of weird because, like, yeah, at some points they were saying, oh, material's great and everything, but the crowd wasn't laughing as much as they should have been. So I'm like, well, are you reviewing the show or the audience, you know? so But, you know, you just can't worry about it. But yeah. I'm not necessarily I, – I think it's good that there are people are writing about comedy more. Uh, it's always frustrating because I think, you know – Most of the time, they get so many things wrong, you know, so that gets frustrating, but you can't let it get to. I think the more people know about it, the better, you know, whether it's, you know, good or bad press, you know, it's just what people do have to realize, and this goes for audience members, too, that if you saw one show and then you see another, you know, stand-up comedy is not the same, especially for some comics more than others, it's not the same thing every night. Like, I remember when I... You know, I lived in L.A. a couple years. Work took me out there a couple years. Uh, a friend of mine, she and her boyfriend came to see me. And then, and it was at the Laugh Factory. And the, the, the crowd was a little off that night. It wasn't that good that night. And then she came to see me a year later. And the crowd was hot. It was a hot crowd. And I just destroyed. It was, you know, it was ridiculous. And and it was a year later. Now, it's not like, did I, did I become so much of a better comedian in a year? It's like, no. Was I maybe a little better? Maybe. But it was basically the crowd. The crowd was hot that night. And the night before it was kind of a dumb crowd, you know, a year previously. Yeah. And she thought I had just improved so much in a year. She was like, "Oh my God, you've you've gotten so good." And, I, and I'm like, "No, it was just, you know, I, I wish, I, I wish I had that much improvement in a year, but no, it was right. just, you know, you caught me on a night so that where that could happen the next day. You right, right, go. exactly. You know, so." You know, sometimes I, th- I think a lot of critics may not know that, you know. That's
1: the worst when someone comes to see you for the first time and you have a shit set and you, they're like, no, it's yeah, good. And you're like, yeah, no, I know. No, it wasn't good, yeah. but then you don't want to be like saying no. It right, good. right. You know, you can under- tell
2: them, you know, like, yeah, that was actually a four out of a ten, but they're like, no, that was like an eight or a nine. And they're like, well, you've seen me once, so you can't really judge.
1: So what did you do in London when you weren't on stage?
2: Uh, just walked around. You know, I, I like checking out cities and just, I don't really go to the. Um, I don't go to the uh, too much of the touristy like type attractions. I like like riding the subway and just walking around and just seeing how people like live differently. Did you, you know? get recognized a lot over there? Not as much as here. Some, but not nearly as much as here. I mean, even I can tell even between like, you know, New York. I'll get recognized more than other places, and I think some of it's just because, uh, you know, I do more performing here. Even you know, I, I mean, I think I think that even has a little bit to do with it. You know, so. But yeah, no, some there, but not as much. Was Thirty
1: Rock on, on over there, or is it like?
2: It well, I think it is on over there. It's on the Comedy Central, but Comedy Central there is not as big as it is here. Uh, but the, but most places and people where I find it, people you know download it illegally. That's right. where most people see it throughout the world. You know, and and then they they get all like shy and They can, I hope they're not. I'm not making them. They're not making me angry. But I'm just like, dude, whatever you do. You know, I'm not a cop. You do whatever you want to do. You know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, as far as like downloading. Yeah, they'll it, be like, yeah. Like I've met guys from Chile who watch it, and yeah. you know, I'm like, is that on TV? They're like, oh no, we download. Then they're like, sorry. And I'm like, you know. I think that's. Uh, I, I you can give that kind of person a
1: pass. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's not it's, on it. Ch- you know, it's on
2: Chile's version of Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't, you know. It's <laughs> like you know, if, if you watch it, enjoy it. I'm happy, you know. But you know, the, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Things are just changing, you know, as far as. You know there's more access to to see stuff but there's it's harder to make money off of stuff now you know just like as a comic you know you have to put the the output of material now it's such a greater demand than ever you know uh to put you know audiences expect a a new hour constantly you know yeah. and, and that never used to be the case you know uh so it's it's it's, it's good and bad you know i think uh I think putting out an album every year is super challenging. Sometimes I think it's, it it might be good for business, but it's not necessarily better for the art. You know, sometimes you may need a little more time than that. But but it's also good to push that hard. It's good to
1: push and then see what happens.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to you have to let things, uh, you know. I mean, comedy is like a business and an art, and you gotta like. To me, you always gotta respect the art first, and then you know, aim for certain things, but. You know, if, if something's not ready by a certain time, it ain't ready. You know, you, you got to wait for the right time, you know. So. Did you,
1: um, the 30 Rock thing, that made you much more, I mean, real easy to book, I imagine, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, 30 Rock. Well, it's weird. You know, over the years, I've had, uh, you know, so many different things. And stand-up has always been my main thing. It's always the thing I've wanted to do, and it's always the thing I've gotten the least recognizability from. I mean, I think the past couple of years it's definitely in, it's been increasing in the stand-up area as far as recognizability. But, uh, yeah, but uh, 30 Rock uh, definitely uh, you know helps a lot with uh, getting booked and stuff. But I think there's still a lot of people who don't. Really know my stand-up stuff. They'll know. They might know me from Thirty Rock or, You know, meet the parents. I still get a lot of stuff. Uh, right. They, that they, Dave Matthews video I did years ago oh, still yeah. gets a lot. Oh, we're well, hugging
1: everyone, right? Yeah.
2: Then there's some you know horror fans who like Feast. You know. Uh, which is actually, I mean, it's a funny movie, too. But uh, American so a, Splendor. American, yeah, American Splendor is, you know, that's, I mean... That's when everyone was like, holy shit, Judah yeah. Friedlander can act. Oh, right, right, thanks. Yeah, most people don't even know that's me in it. So it's like, and most casting directors now, like, as far as, like, getting back into doing movies, like, casting angels will be like, oh, yeah, we know Judah. But they don't know me from 30 Rock. They don't even realize or know... Or remember yeah. that I was in, like, American Splendor or even, like, The Wrestler, which you were in. I know, we were know. both in The Wrestler. You know. In American Splendor and The Wrestler, you were kind of unrecognizable. Yeah, both, yeah, and I, and I wanted to be, you know, and, and for acting roles, you know, I like doing that. But right now, the, the two projects i got to do and have to do are an album and a uh, some kind of a stand-up movie or special. You know, I might do something a little different, you know, where it's, like, part stand-up movie, part... Uh, part You know, maybe documentary or something. You know, just I'm trying to film it something a little differently so it's like its own thing because sometimes I think trying to capture stand up isn't, uh, because I want to make movies too. And sometimes I think stand up, you know, it is something that's meant to see live. And so sometimes I'm trying to think of like, um, right now I've been doing some, you know, here and there some test shoots of trying to film it in maybe a different way. So it's, uh, more of like a cinematic approach and not not just a, a capturing of the of the performance you know um to really feel like you're there you know yeah so, because i know my uh, audio recordings those really feel like you're in the room you know for the most part why don't you just release like your uh
1: like i just should shoot its a- phone tapes or something is that what Chalu did? Chalu did twelve albums. Well, out, I actually I talked to Chalu. Yeah, I think his or might be recorded on his iPhone.
2: No, no, he he records pretty much the same way I do. Yeah, and, you know, he just you know, you wear a lav and you wear a recorder. You yeah. know, I think that's how he does it. But yeah, no, I talked to him. Yeah, he's doing like he's twelve a, yeah. like short uh, albums for the year. You know, which I think is great. You know, yeah. Sometimes I think about that, just or or even just having like, you know, like bootlegs. You know, just release a lot of different ones. You know, it's like so much of comedy is like you know someone gets one formula and then you just have to do that you know like like right now if you do a special and then you get it on this tv channel and maybe that tv channel then netflix you know that that's like the that's like the market for that's like the model for like you know selling it marketing it getting it out to people but is that the right artistic market that i want to do i don't know you know so sometimes i think you know maybe you know be like uh you know, some of those bands that just have tons of bootlegs of their, you know, different performances, you know, because each set's different, you know, so I don't know. I think you should do it
1: special. Yeah. Do it down and dirty. Do it uh, sort
2: of gritty. Yeah, that's what I want. I want. I want it to be like a low budget. Kind yeah, of have low, a sort of an indie you know? feel to it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the way I want to do it. So. A, yeah, like so, it so I think I'm like just going to well. do it myself, you know, and then, uh, but sometimes, but, but some material is like. You know, some of it's kind of timely that I want to do. So sometimes I think, all right, maybe I should just do the album so that it can get out there before the material. Yeah, I mean, you could you could do like a faster, you know. Yeah, you know, something that's like that. So, so here here, I'm doing a two dollar. Yeah, or whatever digital download. Yeah, and selling maybe, you know, maybe five dollars, <laughs> maybe five. Well, that's the other interesting thing about like you know how cheap things are. You know, right now. it's like. Uh, you know, you have you know the biggest comics in the country uh, selling their specials for five dollars. Now they're ruining it for everyone. You know, and then so, but you know, and then you
1: go, hey, mine's nine ninety nine. Oh it's twice as much. Yeah, yeah. It's still nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So, why don't you you know. just buy it, and uh, I get twelve cents of it. Yeah. So,
2: what are you going to do for your next one?
1: I don't know, man. I got. I'm yeah. trying to. It's so so. Uh,
2: do you feel like? I mean, you just did one. Do you feel like you're ready for? To I do feel like I just now? did one,
1: but I kind of did it over a year. I did it like a year and a half ago. I know. I'd like quick. to do another it's one. Crazy. I feel like you're just like you said. You're supposed to do certain things. I'm
2: um, trying to. What I'm trying to do is get in that sort of Henry Rollins mindset, where like like every year that guy, he puts out like some kind of a audio album whether it's like music or a spoken yeah. word and like a book like every fucking year so I think you have to look at your stuff because too much of my mindset is looking at things like as oh it's got to be perfect it's got to be final it's like just put the shit out there and let people yeah, see it yeah I mean the thing with the, with the CD like is or an album special is like
1: after you do it a week later you're going to tell one of the jokes off it and you're going to say something you never said and you're like wow I wish you would have re-recorded
2: right exactly <laughs> yeah so no, you sort of just like, like a joke it. I've been yeah. doing for years I just came up with two new tags with it that take it in different directions so it's like you, you got to realize that like all an album is is it's just you on that night or whatever yeah, yeah. couple of nights performances you threw together and 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 that's all it is and it's for a record and hopefully you know more people that Get to know your stuff, and, and that's it. You know, it's just it's just sharing and putting it out there. It's like I put myself out there every night live on stage. I just gotta like, you know, get over like the uh, anxiety of getting it perfect for uh, audio or video. You know.
1: And you wrote a book called How to Beat Up anybody.
2: Yeah, that thing I started that in like 2003, and then around 2000 uh, or maybe 2002, and then around 2009 or. Uh, some publishers started coming to me saying they wanted me to do a book, and it was basically just because I was a comic, and they knew me from Thirty Rock, and I think comedians' books were selling pretty well. So I had started this one on my own, anyway. So this is cool because it has a,
1: like it's a different format from
2: other like it's kind of a big. yeah. It's eight by ten. It's two hundred eight pages. There's a flip book in it too, where I teach levitation. If you look at the lower right corner,
1: just imagine the levitation flip book right now, listening
2: at home. Yeah. So. You know, it's basically a fake instructional karate book. You think you read write another book? I definitely will do some other books. Yeah, I have a few different ideas. Um, and this one sold all right? It sold okay. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping it's something that people like it a lot. Uh, I didn't get one book review. Uh, really? Yeah. I had like, there was like no press on it. But um, I got on, the best thing was I got on The Daily Show. And you got on Letterman too, right? Yeah, Letterman I got on, George Lopez, Rachel Ray. Which was that was a trip. Just I never thought I'd be on the Rachel Ray show. What is she like? She was actually really nice. Yeah, yeah really nice. nice. That's cool. Yeah, and and uh, and totally cool. Yeah, good energy. Totally cool. You know, and, and the audience was actually really good. I, I I didn't know what to expect
1: on that show. I think show. it would be fun. Like I want to write a book just because I want to go on a book tour and promote the. Book. It Seems like it's fun yeah. to promote
2: a book. It is. I, I didn't really get to go on a full one because oh I got a good story for oh you. good Let's yeah see. <laughs> I uh, because I was filming Thirty Rock at the time. Okay, so I'm doing a book signing at the Grove, at the Barnes and Noble at the Grove in L. A., and the Grove is this huge, major outdoor mall in L. A. And uh, I get there, and I, and I flew in just for this, and I was sick too. I had a kidney stone, and uh, so really, it was, yeah, it was like really hurting me. It wasn't. So it wasn't out of your system. No, it wasn't out of my system. And you got I, on I a plane, and it wasn't. It wasn't so bad. Well, it was like the. I was in an emergency room, like a day or two days earlier where it was like yeah. intense pain. And then the pain was just still dragging on, but it wasn't like you're on the floor and you can't even talk kind of pain. Yeah. Cause kidney stones can get you that. Yeah, way. I have that. So way. it's still, yeah, I've had them like seven times. So it's still like, it's, I'm still like really hurting. So I'm like, I say to the guys, is there any way to delay this? Or can we post And They're like, you got to do it. You know, and you know, you don't get any money for these or anything. So I fly out there and I'm like, all right, I'll do it. You know, I'm in pain. I get to the uh, bookstore, and I walk in. And usually, when you do a book signing, they buy extra copies of your book, right? Um, There is, I don't see, and then they put up a nice like display of your books. There's no display or anything. I get in there, and I don't even I don't even know if there was a poster or anything. And uh, I look in there, and I'm like, "What's this going on? What's happening?" And then the guys working and they're like, "Yeah, um, the books are." Um, I'm like, "What's happening?" And they're like, "Yeah, well, they're they're trying to locate them." I'm like, "Are they in here somewhere?" Are they in the bookstore? Yeah. So so he's like, um, "Well, um, they're on. They're somewhere in a dock at LAX. They're they're trying to find them." And that's what I'm like. Now. I'm not the best, smartest business guy, but at that point, I'm like, this guy's fucking lying to me. I'm like, you don't have the books, and you don't know where the books are. Yeah, that's someone lied. Someone, time. someone fucked up. You know, it, it's already like eight o'clock. You know, and and you're like, there, there's no way someone is actually searching LAX for the books right, right. now. And I'm like, uh, do you have uh, any books here? You know, and 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 when I was doing the book tour, I basically did a thirty-minute like comedy show, uh, basically like a. Uh, I would show slides, you know, because a lot of my book is... My book is basically it's photos. Yeah, yeah. It's basically photos and jokes, my book, and, and drawings I did and stuff like that. So I basically do a 30-minute show where I uh, project all these, uh, you know, instructional karate photos and, you know, talk about how to beat up Bigfoots and ninjas, all kinds of things. and uh, And then I take questions, too, like totally serious about you know karate questions and stuff like that so i had the slideshow all ready to go and i did it and and the show was good but they had no books and uh and then one employee who worked there he goes well actually i bought a book uh because they had like two copies and he goes and i bought one just for myself and uh but you can have it to uh uh, so for this sh- thing, to sell, shred into yeah, pieces, to, to and to sell. divide up amongst the <laughs> so three hundred I people. literally did a book signing, not a books signing. So I signed one, one book. God, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah. So it was just like you know, and then you know, you got managers, you got agents, and, and you're like, and then you got the publisher, who's the main thing, and you're like, and they knew, you know, not not necessarily the agents, but the the and the managers, but the publishers. They had to have known there was a fuck-up there, and, and, and all day I'm there. You know, I'm flying there, I'm sick, I'm flying there, and I'm there all day, and they know the books aren't fucking there. And couldn't they have at least called some other fucking stores or something and, and gotten at least a few fucking books there? You know, Nothing. That's crazy. Yeah. And no, another And they don't. They didn't even apologize to me or anything, as far as I remember. It was just like. Uh, but the show, I did that actually. It was actually really good. It was actually fun.
1: And then you're like, hey, uh, yeah, order I it like, online for yeah, Amazon. yeah.
2: I was like, I was like, I'll sign any other book you want. You know, I remember. Yes. I think Shannon Doherty had a book out. Yeah, it's I'm, like, I'm like, I'll sign, sign her book if you want. Post-it notes and stick them on. The yeah, board. they actually gave me some little kind of like. Book, like I I don't know if it was a Barnes and Noble bookmarker or something that and, and I was signing that for people. Like, that out that,
1: that on the loading dock thing is like well what are they yeah. just gathered around the books at the loading yeah, dock? Yeah like, yeah yeah. What's the next
2: step? Yeah. So That's
1: unbelievable.
2: Th- th- those are the kind of things that like happen like all the time in show like people, when people ask me what do I do all day, it's usually just fixing shit like that and being in situations like that. Every day, yeah. that that's usually what I do all fucking day. It's just so
1: many. It's amazing how
2: many people are terrible at their easy jobs. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you know I, I respect any job, and I respect anyone who does a job well. Like if there's a busboy who's doing a really good job, I have so much fucking respect for that guy. Uh, you know, because you know I've seen. You know, doctors who suck. I've seen. You know, well, everything. Um, but you know, if someone a, a job well done, no matter what level job it is, is such a rare thing to see. I have and I have great appreciation. Were you ever it. a busboy? Yes, I was at Bob's Big Boy. Really? Yeah. Where? Maryland. Wow. Yeah, when I was in high school. Yeah. I was a dishwasher at a Chinese restaurant. I was a dishwasher at A and W fast food burger joint when I was in high school, too. Maybe college, I can't remember. I like that
1: you worked at Bob's, Big Boy, and A&W.
2: Yeah, I worked at Roy yeah. Rogers. I was a fry cook at Roy Rogers. I got really good at cooking eggs there because I had to cook like 300 eggs a day. Uh, and then, yeah, I had, all, I had all kinds of jobs. I never had a career job. I just had all kinds of random job jobs. Um.
1: Well, cool, man. Yeah. Maybe we should... Uh I don't know. We can keep going here. We can go a little longer. I think things got better when we got a little more in. Storytelling. Yeah. Things um, were a little slower up front. I know. <laughs> well, uh, it's well all right. I'll remix this thing. Yeah, you can read. You're a DJ. You have a, you have a music background. Um, I'm trying to think what else we can talk about. Let's talk about where else you're going to be going on on your uh Have crap. you been to Sweden or Finland? I've been to Sweden. I did a tour yeah. with a musician there. Really? Who? This guy named Jens Leckman. He's like a... Singer songwriter. You
2: open for him, or yeah? How and was it, that?
1: It was cool. He, as he explained it to me, he goes, "Comedians opening for in for bands in Sweden, it's it's almost unheard of." So there was a lot of like curiosity. Like even if I didn't destroy, the audiences were always polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and like yeah. when you walk on stage and like, all these pictures taken immediately. They didn't know who, you, who I was. Right. But it was more of the... But at the same time, then I went... You know, in Stockholm, I did a show with him. And I was selling my CDs after. And, like, people would come and go, Oh, I have that already. Thank you. That's unless, they were, unless they were lying. But it's yeah. just... I mean, it's just fun to go to another
2: part of the world. And, yeah. Well,
1: and make any sort of...
2: Fun. Well, the one thing I like about traveling the world, besides being the world champion and people demand <laughs> it, is that not only do you learn more about the other country, you learn more about your own country. And... Uh, Remember last summer, I went to it was my first time performing overseas. I went to uh, I was in London for about nine days. Absolutely loved it. Loved the city. Loved the shows. Shows were awesome. And uh, but um, what I noticed about the London is compared to the United States, especially like New York, is it's such less of a consumer society than we are. Like in this country, you're constantly being bombarded everywhere to buy stuff. You know, like, just the fact that they have the pub, mm-hmm. the pubs in England. Now, I always thought a pub was, like, just another word for bar, but it's actually different. It's just sort of like a hangout area, and there's a bar also. Like, I went to this one pub in Cambridge, and they have, like, couches and chairs, and they have a TV. And you can literally go in there and sit and watch TV and not buy anything, and not one person working there will bother you. It's like Barnes & Noble. Yeah, exactly. It's like Barnes and Noble with a bar, yeah. yeah. And, and they won't bother you to, to buy anything. And, and that, that concept is just so foreign. You know that would, that would never like happen here. You know People are always trying to just get you to buy stuff. And, and people are more civil. Like if you go into the subway there and you ask an employee, like, how do you get to this place? Not only do they tell you good directions, they actually will have a conversation with you if you want. And you're like, and, and cab drivers there only work eight hours a day. You know, here in New York, they work twelve hours a day, right. and they keep the car running twenty four seven over there. Just because it's so like hard to make money here, you know. So, uh, so I appreciated how like it was a little slower paced, a little more civil. Um, people weren't as stressed in general as they are here. And then this time, after being in Europe, I was in Europe for about three weeks working. When I came back, I actually missed some of the uh, aggression that there is in this country and the uh, rebelliousness that there is in this country i missed it because um, people are a little more in europe in general uh they're, they're not as aggressive as here you know their countries are not as they don't have you know violence problems like we do uh and on some level i missed it and and if you think about it this country everyone in this country pretty much you know whether you're Almost everyone came from somewhere else, whether it's you or your parents or many generations before. And almost everyone who came over here came because they had to get the fuck out of where they were, you know. So that, And that takes courage. That takes balls, you know. So there, there's there's kind of a, a rebellious nature in this country, you know, that's sort of ingrained whether people realize it or not. And I kind of missed that. So it was good to be back. I enjoyed being back, you know. So. Yeah,
1: uh, it is. It's good to come back. I always yeah, I always have that thing where you're like, I gotta get out of. I gotta go on the road,
2: and then I'm yeah. on the road. I'm like,
1: I I gotta get home. Yeah, yeah. And then you well, go. What am I gonna? What happens when I get home? And then I'm yeah. just like having my shit stacked up. Yeah.
2: Well, I've hated where I've lived in New York and, and you know many of the places for so long, and often I I like being on the road more. Yeah, hotels Be- are always nicer. Yeah, because it's like the hotels are better than my apartment. Uh, the air conditioning's better. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I've lived in shitholes pretty much my whole life and I pretty much still do, you know, and it's like it's weird. I'm, I'm good at knowing how to live cheap and and and, and thrifty and, and tough, but I'm, I'm not good at learning how to I, I don't I'm not good at knowing how to live like. Well, or fancy. So I, you're not still, letting yourself. So you have not to get into money, but you do have
1: some money from the show that you yeah, can spend, and you're just nervous, right? About yeah, spending.
2: yeah, and I don't know how to spend it. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's you like can I, find I just started, will help you with that. Yeah, I know, but I don't trust it. See, <laughs> yeah, I, I've yeah. always had a massive distrust of authority, and and I still do for the most part. And like one thing in show business that I've learned, like usually when someone gives you a gig. I used to always think, oh, they're giving me a break. Let's say it's a TV thing, film thing, stand-up thing, whatever. Usually thinking, oh, they're giving me a break. They're doing me a favor, but it's usually, it's often you that are doing them the favor. Yeah. yeah. So when someone is saying, oh, here's a job, they're actually saying, fuck you. I'm making so much more money off this than you are, and mm-hmm. you're the one who's going to make the money for me. You know, and it's like, so. Uh, but in general, yeah, so many people, you know, the, the so many people they usually have some kind of an agenda or something. Uh, and they're trying to get something from you. So I have a, I have a big distrust of, uh, you know, especially authority Do you have figures. financial advisors? No. You don't have anyone? No. Maybe you need to sit down with someone. I, I want know. to do that. Yeah, but Even though I, I don't, don't know where to go, time. you know. I, I you got have an a, accountant. I have an accountant, yeah. Harvey Altman, man. Come on, dude. We have the same accountant. Almost every He's comedian in New York block. has the same account. There is a comedian's accountant in New York City. Friar member, Harvey Altman. <laughs>
1: Harvey. <laughs> He's probably listening. Um, so how long are you
2: going to Sweden for? Uh, let's see. I'm going to, I'm doing this big outdoor music festival in the Netherlands. Oh, you're doing Called a top- the Lowlands Festival. Yeah. Oh. And then I'm doing the Leeds and Reading Festival, which are big outdoor music festivals there. And I heard those are like a nightmare.
1: I've heard uh, uh,
2: that they're not easy. Yeah, I heard they're nightmare. Well, I heard that people can barely hear you because there's so much uh, bleeding of sound from the main stages. That, and then, uh, but uh, they're, they're they're paying me nicely, and that's what's getting me over there. And then in between, I'm doing uh, a bunch of different cities in Sweden, and I'm doing a Helsinki. So I'll get to... That
1: sounds so cool just to say I'm playing Helsinki.
2: Yeah, it's just good, you know, it's good to... And you know what's interesting, you know... When you play these rooms, you know, in other countries, you know, Paris, uh, you know, Tilburg, Netherlands, and then you have a gig, uh, you know, somewhere else in the Midwest United States. It's like a a small town, and you're thinking they may not be that good. It's like performing overseas in countries where English isn't their first language it kind of makes you a little stronger. Like the gig that you thought might suck in the U S is actually maybe now a little easier than you thought, you oh, know, definitely, you know, so it, it's good. It's good training. It's good experience. You know, the more different types of, and it's also interesting, cause, you know, cause I do a lot of sort of political stuff now, but I kind of make it so it's either side, right or left can enjoy it. You know, like I'll, i do a lot of stuff about running for, you know, yeah, being next president. You, you know, I mean, I'm basically just ripping the entire political system is what I'm trying to do. But, um, but it's interesting when you're in, because, and I've performed for, you know, like when you perform in New York, so many of the clubs have so many people from other countries. Uh, and so I've performed for, you know, uh, people from other countries for years. And so, but when you perform for them in their own country, it's a little bit of a different dynamic than when you do it in the United States. You know, that's oh, you're i you talking about knows. when you went
1: to Paris and... Yeah, Parker,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. No, no, I actually, most of the shows I was going to weren't filled with expats. It was mostly people from the country. From France? Yeah, when I was in France, it was... So it was French it, people who spoke English as well. Yes, yeah, the young people oh, there. Oh, I thought it was like yeah. an American bar. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, it's an American comic, an American guy who's been living in Paris for nine years who runs the room. But it's... Um, this guy, Sebastian Marks. But it's... uh The the people that drew that, I thought it was going to be all ex-Americans there. And it was about 50-50, you know. And almost, when I was in Amsterdam, I'd say there were maybe 20% Americans, you know. So most of the places, and in London, there weren't any Americans there, I don't think. Uh, And uh, so it's, and when I was in Scotland, there weren't any Americans there. There was maybe one, maybe one American there. Uh, So... But it's a little different dynamic when you perform for foreigners in your own country and then when you go to their country. It's just a little, and it's also different when you're talking about American politics in your own country and then when you're in another country talking about America. It just makes it a little different dynamic. It's kind of, it's interesting. You know, I'm still learning, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of weird.
1: So you got Sweden,
2: you got, what else? What oh I'm just I'm just torn I'm doing Montreal. I'm doing Montreal ah, coming I'm going up. To Montreal soon. Also. Yeah, I'm doing an hour show at this little place called Mainline Theater. Nice. Yeah. I think it's a small like hundred or hundred fifty seat theater, so yeah, hopefully that'll be good. Yeah. I gotta start promoting that.
1: Any acting stuff coming up?
2: No acting stuff coming up. Do you do auditions or do you, do you I get haven't stuff I you? haven't had an audition or anything handed to me in a long time for any film stuff. I've been like completely out of the film Is that- game. Not because you want to be. Well, it's a mix of nothing coming my way, and uh, the two main things I want to focus are stand up movie and stand up album. You know, I got to get those done. I really got to, I mean, those are so overdue. I got to get those done before doing other stuff. What if you got a movie part and you have to be in the. Well, it's got to be really good. If it's something really good comes up, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, uh,
1: what's an exotic country? Africa for nine months. I might. Yeah, why yeah. not? You know? Why not? Yeah. Um
2: All right, man. And then I want to make my own, like, exploitation, crazy comedy, sci-fi action type. Like an actual to, movie. Yeah. Direct I'll, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, direct it, write it, be in it. Yeah, you know, real low budget. Can I
1: know. be in it? Yeah. Now you have to give me a part? You got to. Judith, thanks for doing this. Thank it's you, It's really Robert. hot in here because I had to turn the air conditioner off. I know. Off. Um, Judah Friedlander on Twitter? Or what is it, Judah World Champ? It's Judah World Champ on
2: Twitter. Verified account. Verified. Yeah. Uh,
1: Judah Friedlander. JudahFriedlander dot com?
2: Yes. That's
1: all they need to know, right?
2: Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, basically, uh, I do shows like... I'm not good at inviting people to shows. Like sometimes people know me, they're like, "Invite me to a show." It's like I always feel corny and weird doing that. But I have an open door policy. If, like people know me, just I'm like just let me know when you want to go to a show, and I'll take care of you. When I'm in New York, I'm pretty much doing a show every night, usually more than one a night. And uh, you know, Thursday to Sunday or Friday Saturday, I'm usually on the road somewhere doing something. So uh, yeah, so I'm I'm on the road a lot these days. So and you got the book How to Beat Up anybody. Yeah, and get it on Amazon. Oh, one thing I want to say about my book, if you do get it, buy the paperback. Don't buy the um, digital version because they didn't let me design the digital version, and it's fucked up, and it's oh, missing really? a lot of things in it. Is like, that true, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to buy spent, a book today. I spent, spent – well, mine's a little different. I spent eight months fixing the publisher's mistakes on this book. Like, like they would – like on the flip book, they kept chopping off my head so you couldn't see my head. They didn't know how to do the registration right. So my web guy, uh, you know, he helped me with uh, doing the technical stuff with the designing. So he actually had to get on the phone with them and email them to tell them how to put this flip book in here because they, they didn't know how to do it. <laughs> you know, and then and then they'd like mess up one photo, like everything would just be like wide and stretched out so everyone had those like kind of like fat wide heads. And then, uh, so we have to tell them, "Hey, you guys messed up there." And they're like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "No, you see what's wrong there." Then they'll fix that, and then they mess up another page, and then so, anyways, the and plus my book comes pre-highlighted and and underlined. (laughs) I like that. Uh, So, and none of that is in the uh, digital version, Uh you know. And and then a lot of the photos. you know, I have writing on the photos, and you can't see and, that. And there's jokes on there, like, like these pages here. These, you know, these are all yeah. jokes written, handwritten on the photo by me. And on the digital version, you can't enlarge it, so you can't even read the stuff. So, That's crazy. So, and then sometimes I'll have, you know, the title uh, of a photo, and then I'll have captions beneath it. But sometimes in the book, the the title will be on one page, and the captions underneath it will be on the following page. And you have to really look at both of them at the same time. So, not so, the paperback. Yeah, you're, you're, it's missing like 60% of the ah, stuff. Yeah. Bring it
1: to a show. He'll sign it.
2: Yeah, there you
1: go. Thanks, Judah. Thank you, Todd. All right, I hope you enjoyed my talk with Judah Friedlander. I have some upcoming tour dates. I'm doing another crowd work tour where I just do crowd work. It was fun last time. Perhaps it'll be fun this time. I'm going to San Diego on September 16th at the Casbah, then Largo the 17th in Los Angeles, then San Francisco on the 19th at the Chapel, then the 20th in Portland, Oregon at Mississippi Studios, then the 22nd, Seattle, The Crocodile, Then the 23rd, the Biltmore Cabaret in Vancouver, Canada, British Columbia. My special is now $5, super crazy. You can get it at ccdirect.comedycentral.com. This podcast is produced by Feral Audio, who's got some new t-shirts that you might want to check out. They haven't sent me one yet, but... I don't think they've been printed up yet. Go to feralaudio.com slash shop or forward slash. You know which slash to use. You know which slash to use. Follow me on Twitter at ToddBerry, ToddBerry.com.
0: All righty. All righty. All righty.